Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hey, real quick, before we get started, I have a favor to ask. If you've listened to the podcast before, or if you enjoy the episode you're about to hear, please like the podcast on social media, and please leave a review. Having listeners like and review the podcast is the fastest way for it to grow and reach more people, and we really want to share our stories with the biggest audience possible. Thank you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Jones Own Real Estate Team. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Fort Mill, Rock Hill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. All right, count me down. Three, two, two and one. Welcome oh to the Jones God, Zone Podcast. So tiring. The number one podcast in the Charlotte area. Did what? you hear that? Number one podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the results came in. The results are back. Uh, we pulled six people. Uh, our wives, our mother, our father, yep. our sister, and, and it, one we, of our children. The other three wouldn't participate. Right. All six said that the Jones Zone <laughs> Podcast was their favorite podcast. So it's official. I think we can, I, we can put that on a shirt and roll with it. I yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm going to put it on a big billboard in uh, one of the busiest streets in Charlotte. <laughs> Jones on Podcast voted number one. All right. It's today, definitely shirt worthy. Yeah, I, I think it is. <laughs> we are here with Suzanne Murtha of Next Move Pro. Next Move Pro is a sales tool for real estate agents. It helps agents track the progress of their clients and their transactions. It has funnels and systems and task managers in there. Uh, you can take your client from contract to close and hit your goals as a real estate professional. Suzanne, welcome to the Jones Zone. Pleasure Thank to have you. Thank you so much. That was a quick, brief introduction, but tell us a little bit about your personal story, some of your professional background, and then how you got started with Next Move Pro. Yeah, for sure. Oh, goodness. So probably I should start with how I got into sales, which okay. is not something I ever meant to do. Um, went back to college, kind of started going to school for nursing, thinking, I want to help people, like, this is what I want to do, and then realized on my first day of practicals, that was not going to happen. <laughs> you saw some blood and freaked out? <laughs> Where are you from? New York. Okay, New how'd you York. get down here? What part of New York? I got stuck on a, here on a layover in Long Island, Huntington. Well, technically Hicksville, but then my last place of residency was Huntington. Hicksville? Hicksville. Is, in is that Long legit? Island, That's the New name York. of the that town that's Hicksville? Yeah, and somewhere in the middle, I moved to Farmingville. So if you want to get even weirder, it just you'd never so, know that that was Long Island. So you grew up in New York. <laughs> Long Island. Yeah, yeah, Long Island. <laughs> and where did you go to college? That was Hofstra. Okay. So I ended up staying home um, because I ended up getting a job selling cars. That's how I put myself through college. And it was actually really lucrative. So I went to school for nursing, sold cars, found out nursing was definitely not the way I was going to be happy for the rest of my life. I give so much credit to no nurses. Doubt, dude. Like seriously, that has to be one of the hardest jobs in the world. Yeah. But that's where I got started in sales. So when I graduated, what's really rare is to have sales experience and a college degree at the same time. So I got scooped up really quick by a startup company. 
And this startup company was like four of us in an office, probably the size of a little bit bigger than a closet. Mm-hmm. And we were like clawing at each other. And like the next what thing- What kind of company was it? <laughs> it was a telecom company. And they were building a dark fiber ring from New York to Boston. And this was in 2000. A so what? T- a dark fiber? A dark fiber ring. Yeah. It's internet stuff or what? It's, it's hardwired. We don't even deal with it anymore now. Uh-huh. But now that we're all wireless, but then it was like cutting edge technology. Nobody had ever done this before. And it was really cool because we were able to give back up like internet connection to all these big businesses. So it started as a very small company, but within two years, um, it grew so fast that and I had moved up kind of the food chain quickly. I was running the New York metro area for an inside sales team, and it was fantastic. I learned how to do um, door-to-door sales. We learned how to work territories and have like a sales pipeline, which was my first experience ever with a sales pipeline. Um, so, you know, when you make it in New York, the thing you do is you buy a house in Connecticut. Like, that's just the thing you do. And so you remember me telling the story last week was hilarious because I was the easiest real estate client ever. I found an ad on a house that I wanted and I called the agent and I was like, yes, I'm going to buy this house, not look for 20 houses. I want this house and this house only So call the agent voicemail. I called another agent voicemail, called another. I went through seven agents and no one answered their phone and nobody called me back so i was mad i was like i know how to sell like how could these people not even call me back so i got so mad i actually ended up buying my first house for sale by owner and if you've ever seen that movie the money pit Mm -hmm. okay i'm dating myself now but the money pit that was the movie of all movies chris i'll give you two seconds to name the star of that movie go um time time's up but good job. Okay, good. Hi! Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. Shelley Long. Remember Shelley Long? Was that his love interest? No. This is his wife. I think so. Did they get married? Shelley Long. She was in Cheers. She Cheers. Was, mm, Diane in Cheers. On, <laughs> I think I'm trying to quiz me and then not she even. She wasn't already talking about. Yeah, she, she, she was in the movie. Oh, maybe the. Oh. That's who. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. These remakes. Anyways, jeez. So, um, yeah, so that house was hands down the worst investment I ever made because it was, everything went wrong, but it gave me the inclination to go and become a real estate agent. I was like, I'm going to show all these real estate agents how you call somebody back. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I got my license and I got in the business and in three months, because I had so much extensive background in starting sales. Yeah, I was like the top agent in three months. So it was like, woohoo, I was so excited. And it was 2003, so the market was super high. And it was so easy. All you had to do was have a pen and paper and you could you could um, sell houses because there were just buy- so many more buyers. So um, very quickly, I recognized that my clients were taking out mortgages so much higher than what they could afford. And they were starting to turn over already. People were going into foreclosure and it was heartbreaking. I didn't know as the professional, I didn't know how to help them. So I started a foreclosure counseling service in 2006 and everybody thought I was crazy. They were like, four 
foreclosures. I mean, the market was at a high, yeah. like all highs. And they're like, no one's in foreclosure. And I'm like, I'm telling you, it's coming. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't listen to me. Um, but by 2008, we were buried. Most agents were falling out of the business. Right. We were swamped. I had got, I got to the point where we were a 14 person team, in-house mortgage company. We had a bankruptcy attorney practically on staff because we were referring so much business back and forth. Um, but it was really sad work. Um, if you've ever seen that movie, The Big Short. Oh, mm-hmm. Chris loves that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of his favorite. Top five? Yeah, it's, it's up there. Were you in real estate then? No, no. That movie depicts exactly what that time was like. But, like, remember when he's standing on the street in Las Vegas and, like, the whole street is empty with, like, these $600,000 houses and no one's yeah. living in it? It was really like that. Like, people were turning their houses over so fast. These whole blocks were going vacant. And it was sad. It was really, really sad. So I burnt out. I was listening to... So it got so busy that at one point, we had eight to ten appointments a day. I couldn't even go out to, like, see the properties anymore. The sellers had to come to me. So they would come, sit at my desk. They'd have 45 minutes to tell me their story and how we were going to try to get them out of it. And we had multiple ways to try to do this, but it was just traumatic for a lot of them so after a year or two of doing that I burnt I personally burnt out I was just like trying to help and help and help this is where the nursing thing came in right it's like I wanted to help people so bad but it at at one point just cost me my own sanity of I was I was sad and getting depressed because these these people were going through so much I took it on so I left the business I left the business completely and I said, I got to figure out a way to systematize um, the input that I was getting. I wasn't working. And anyone who has a sales business, anyone who does any type of sales in any way, if you don't have systems in place, you become the system because you have to do it all. Or you have to hire the people, which then means you're putting revenue out that could have been kept in-house. So I recognize this and I'm like, all right. I could teach entrepreneurs how to sell if they can teach me how to systematize because that's the people who were successful, they knew how to systematize. So I started a sales consulting business and I went out and I was like, who needs help? I didn't even have to do that because people were asking me for help, which was really cool. And um, I also had an investment business, which was neat. I got some training from Robert Kiyosaki, became one of his clients, and then they ended up pulling me in for sales consulting work. So Robert Kiyosaki's that guy. Have you ever read that book? Oh, yeah, Rich Dad Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <coughs> Excuse me. And they they have they teach like uh, real estate investment classes, mm-hmm. and so I got in with his group and ended up partnering with them to start the um, sales division of his wealth and tax strategy team, and they were fantastic. I mean, they were basically bringing in investors and entrepreneurs to help them figure out how to strategize their investments. And so I had to figure out how to um, talk to them, how to sell to them. So I interviewed them day after day, over and over. And there was this one pattern that I picked out. Um, When I was talking to them, they were in in three stages. They were either making more money than they knew what to do with. They were doing good, but they just knew they were missing something. 
or they were tanking and they at one time had a successful business but didn't know what was going on. Mm. And so they'd come to us in these three different stages and they would kind of be a hot mess. And I was like, there's gotta be something going on here. But when I was interviewing them over and over again, it's the same pattern. Um, and I call it my, my trifecta um, because this is how I ended up teaching people how to figure out if you were in the right place in life. Um, and the trifecta is simply the formula of there were three parts. You have, if you are doing what you are passionate about, you cannot wait to get out of bed in the morning. Like there are times since I started Next Move Pro that I don't even need an alarm clock. Like I cannot wait to start my day because I am super tuned in and plugged in to what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's part one, right? That's the getting up in the morning. Part two is when you are doing what you're skilled at, what your superpower is, and everybody's different. Everybody, and I listen, you know, when I listen to your podcasts, I hear everybody's got a story that takes them down all these different roads that gives them a very specific skill set that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing what you're skilled at, that thing, like me going from nursing to car in car sales to, you know, this telecom company, um, that basically into real estate agency and then sales consulting, when I went through that line, I got a specific skill set mm -hmm. that gave me the ability to think in a sales funnel mentality, right? So Next Move Pro is a sales <clears throat> funnel. It is literally taking my skill set and handing it to real estate agents to say, look, don't overthink this. This is all it is, right? But so that skill set is what lets you go home at the end of the day and really feel like you're accomplished, like you did what you were supposed to do that day. Now, if you can take those two things and get them to pay you what you want to do in life. And it could be as easy as hanging on a hammock <clears throat> outside to living in a million dollar home. Whatever that is for you, whatever your goal is, if you can take your passion and your skill set and get it to hit your goals, that is the trifecta. So the, the entrepreneurs- Goals is the third part of the goals, trifecta? Okay. Yeah, so passion, skill set, and goals is the trifecta. And the people who were crushing it, the people who were just totally plugged in, hitting their numbers, hitting what they're passionate about, hitting what their skill set was, those were the people who were growing so fast that they couldn't, they didn't know what to do with the money because either you invest it or you give it to the IRS. That's your options. That reminds <laughs> right? me of <about> Narcos. <laughs> what? Like they have so much money they didn't know what to do with it. They're burying their money on the ground. But that's somebody who's plugged into their trifecta. So what I always say is if somebody is like not sure of what they're supposed to do in their life, I run the test. So I ask them, well, what are you passionate about? Well, like we were talking about before, like I love Latin dancing, love Latin dancing. You do it every night of the week. But that doesn't mean that's what I should be doing for a job. That's something I love to do that I get to do when I've hit my trifecta, right? So it's not that, it's what can I plug into that I can monetize? Okay. What can I plug into? What can I take as a passion that I can lose time in and just go, 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 go without even thinking? I look up at the clock and it's three hours later. That's how I used to feel about searching for houses. Then it got into, well, how can I systematize 
doing all the stuff that an agent would need to do without having to distract me from the connection to people and taking care of people. So I'm like, I can automate this part and this part, the goals, the tasks, the all those different pieces. So anyway, so if you're off just a little bit, this is the most dangerous. Because when you're missing one part of the trifecta, let's say you're doing what you're passionate about and you're good at it, but it's not paying you. This is what I call the dancer's life. They're doing exactly what they're plugged in to do. They're probably amazing at it, but they can't figure out how to get paid to do it. And that's one off. So people get stuck because they don't want to try something different because they're comfortable. It's the most dangerous. It's like that book, Good to Great. Mm -hmm. It's like the good is the most dangerous place. You're better off having nothing. Like this is why you hear all the success stories of people starting from barely anything, right? Yeah, living on the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was I had six dollars. I was living in my, <laughs> my sister's basement. Like, but yes. Right? But every success story starts like that because it gives you enough push and enough pull to figure those two you you have nothing. You might as well do what you love and you might as well find something that you're good at, right? So that's how you get plugged in. So the two are the most dangerous. And what I'd say is if you're not plugged into your passion, you don't want to get out of bed each morning. Every day you've got to drag yourself into work. You've got to drag yourself into whatever you're doing. And it's, it's weighty. And I'm not talking about one or two days where you have a task that you really don't want to do. I'm talking about over the life course of the year. Yeah. How do you feel at the end of the year? Um, if you're not plugged into your skill set, you'll be doing what you're passionate about and you're getting paid for it, but you're not, let's say, um, a five-star rating on Yelp or whatever it is, right? You're, you're, you're missing the bar. So maybe you need some help there. Um, but if it, so you have, if you're not getting paid, if you're not skilled and if you're not passionate, so are you having trouble getting up? Are you having trouble when you go home? At are you stressed out at the end of the day that you didn't do what you were supposed to do? Or you're not getting paid. So those are kind of the three test markers of the trifecta. And I love that I love that piece of it because what I found when I was working with Kiyosaki's group, which bar none was like the pinnacle of my career at that time, <clears throat> that was like the who's who of who to work for or with at that time. And I found myself lacking something and I couldn't figure out what it was. So I had to do my own trifecta on me. I had to sit back and say, what am I missing? And I was missing real estate. I was missing being connected back into investing and being connected to the real estate agency world. It was just, it was in my blood. It's like once you become a real estate agent, right? It gets in your blood and it's like, that's all you want to do. I was there, but I wasn't quite in the agency piece anymore. So I was confused. So I took a year off like anybody would do and travel the world. Nothing <laughs> 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 a good world travel trip won't, won't take care of. So when you came back, that's when you started Next Move Pro? So, well, where'd you go when you, when you traveled the world? Uh, I went to Argentina. That was a blast. I uh, went to London, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. I might have stopped in Fiji for Life Mastery with Tony Robbins. You went there? I did. Nine days? Yeah. I went for three weeks, actually. Why it was weeks? epic. Gee yeah. whiz. If you're going to go all bula, the way there, you want. Actually, if you look at my profile picture, you'll see the sign Bula Bula up in, in the corner of the picture. You want to know how I know that? How do you know I that? Have one of the, <laughs> I have Tony Robbins' 
DVD, uh, CDs, and I, when I listened to it, he was doing it from Fiji, and he says, the Fiji people have a saying, bula, bula, bula means be happy or something. Yeah, something they, like and they're incredible. Like, I flew in to a cow pasture, <laughs> and the guy who got me off the plane drove me to the hotel. I stayed at Namale, which is Tony Robbins Resort. It's beautiful and epic. But... I'm going there next week, by the way. <laughs> so worth it. Yeah. Um, when I came back, weeks later, he remembered my name. And I was like, how in the world? But everybody there, they all remember your name. They're the happiest people on the planet. Like of all the places I've been, um, probably the poorest and most happy people I've ever met anywhere on the planet. <laughs> and it's so cool because like they're in Fiji, like the bottles of water you get, that's like literally from there. And it looks just like on the bottle, like identical it's so cool um but that was fun but when i came back i actually had a moment where i got weak we'll call it disempowered i came back and i was like i know i have to get back in real estate but i got this one sales consulting gig that was supposed to be even better than what i had ever done before and i was like that is not in alignment whatsoever with me but you know, when you've taken a year off and you're like ready to go back at it, now I'm like, oh shoot, you know, like I haven't gotten paid for a year yeah. from work. Yeah. Like, you know, my investment was good, but like, this is something I have to like think about. And I'm like, I, I bit, I said, okay, they worked on me for three months. They kept saying, come, 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 come. And I took it to work. Um, it was with a very large company, uh, opening a new sales consulting team for them. And I hated it it was awful i couldn't get out of bed every morning and i'm like this is worse than i started mm. like i left something awesome to not go to something less awesome yeah. so um i had to again separate and go what am i going to do now and i was like you find if you're friends with me on facebook you'll see the picture of me studying for my real estate test again i'm like i know this seems crazy and like not what i'm supposed to be doing but i promise you this is right in alignment with where i'm supposed to be and that picture was actually in park on park road in uh charlotte park road park and um it was it didn't make any sense to anyone else but me because i knew i like tuned in and i'm like this is where i'm supposed to be and i have no idea what I'm supposed to do, but if I move in the right direction, I'll end up exactly where I'm supposed to be. So that's kind of how I got back to real estate. At what point did you come back to the Carolinas? I missed that. Oh, good question. So in the middle of sales consulting business, um, I was working out of Connecticut and it kept snowing and snowing and snowing. And so I'm flying <coughs> over managing sales teams all over the country. Yeah. And every time I flew home, I couldn't get home. So I went to San Francisco and I was like, I was with my best friend. I'm like, I'm not coming home. And she's like, I'm not telling your mother we're not coming back. I'm like, not doing it, not doing it. And she's like, please, I'm begging you come back. So we both flew into Charlotte and she flew back to New York and my flight was canceled to go back to Connecticut, to Hartford. And I got stuck here for three days and I drove around and it was so nice. It was 65 degrees. It was sunny every what day. What month was it? Do you remember? It was March of 2011. Oh, okay. okay. And so it was beautiful. And I got hooked on the 485 loop. 
somehow in a rental car and I found Blakeney, which was brand new at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is like Beverly Hills <laughs> for a quarter of the price. <laughs> and I yeah, literally but... got a place there and called my mom and was like, can you send my car and my dog down? And she's like, no, you need to come back here and get it. I will not, young lady. <laughs> And it was awesome. I went back, and 30 days later, I was here. So, But it was easy because the airport was so easy to get in and out of. And then I started investing around town um, just because it was such a good market at the time. 2011 here was great to just pick up a lot of property. You still have real estate properties here? I have sold most of it at this point. I have a few pieces left. Nothing crazy. Um, But, yeah, so I will wait for my next round. This next move pro is like when you're tuned in and you're tapped in i don't want to be distracted by anything so i'm like all right so i got my real estate license again and two or three days in um i started having paper issues of um we were told by the agency that i had joined to make 20 calls a day and so i didn't have any system i was brand new back in the and but i was had a sales background so i'm mm-hmm. like all right, so I start on a notepad. Then I'm like, this isn't going to work. I start putting it in Excel, and then I'm like, that's never going to work. So I tried a whiteboard, but then I was going into the office every day. So the whiteboard was on my wall, mm. so that wasn't helping me. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And that was why on day five, I got in my car to go into the office, which I hadn't done, by the way, in like nine years, is going to an office every day. Yeah. So I get in the car. I spill my coffee on my lap. I can't find a napkin anywhere. And I grab this receipt, and I'm like, this will work. And I'm like blotting my dress, and on the back of the receipt is this buyer's name and phone number from like the first day. I remember this, yeah. I never called them back because I couldn't find their phone number. So now, remember how that agent, I was the guy, yeah, I was the, I was that agent, and I'm like, no. What have I become? What did what I do? <laughs> Like a rock bottom. Hey, you, you're like, so you know, where your coworkers knocks on the side window. Hey, are you are you crying? Are you okay? <laughs> Suzanne, roll your window down. Are you okay? Do you need me to call oh, someone? And you know, if it wasn't worse, it was my friend, and they ended up having to go to another agent oh, no. or buy a house with another agent. So you know, it's like when you see that, you're like, oh. So um, I said, this is this is this is it. This is the problem that I can solve. And so ironically, I just happened to have to go to a chamber of commerce meeting because of this class I was taking, made you do like a whole bunch of tasks. And um, I went to this chamber of commerce meeting and I met this coder who is like, I can build anything you want. I'm like, really? (laughs) What exactly do you mean? And we ended up meeting for coffee, talking about um, taking these pieces of paper and making them contact cards that I could move through different stages because now I can take them and I could move them into the different stages that they were in and see where my business was as a whole. So now I can take what was paper and make it an informal way to see my whole business and where it stands. And this goes for any business. If you can't tell how um, how many leads you have in your funnel, and how many appointments you have or people ready to come and sign uh, some sort of contract with you. It doesn't have to be specific to a property. This could be any industry. 
there's a point where you sign a contract and then there's a point where you're um, either training, setting them up, or, or closing them on whatever it is. Those four stages is sales. And if you can't see those four stages clearly, then you don't really know the health of your business. So that's when I was like, huh, look at this. All this stuff that I've done compiles into one specific system that now I can, I can, as an agent, see my whole entire business and no one ever falls through the cracks again. Like I don't miss phone calls. I don't miss what I'm supposed to do that week because I can see who I have to manage where they stand and then I can see the overall health of my business and the beautiful part of that is now instead of just concentrating on you know taking care of people I can actually take care of the business so that I can continue taking care of people Mm -hmm. because if you don't take care of your business I don't care how much you want to save people and you know here you you know I have the heart of a nurse I might not have made it but I always had the heart of a nurse and I want to help people that's my goal and sometimes that can blind me to bringing in revenue to my business that allows me to be in business to help people. So I love real estate agents, but they want to help so much that they put themselves right out of business by not bringing in any revenue. So super cool way to kind of just see um, the overview. And now here I am in my trifecta. And you know now I have to back it off where I'm like, okay, I gotta stop working. And this is where my Latin dance comes in. <laughs> so, so what got, you, what got you into Latin dancing? <laughs> oh, by accident. Is it like the, so, so what, okay, what are some Latin dances? Is that like the salsa? The salsa, salsa, bachata. Bachata? Bachata, cha-cha. Cha-cha. Uh, merengue. Those are kind of like the basics. So these are the dancing, that uh, dances with the stars people do? Yeah. <laughs> on salsa yeah. week. Yeah. Oh, on salsa week. Yeah. On salsa week. Do you do any other type of dancing, like uh, line? What, what other types of dancing are like uh yeah ballroom ballroom shag dance. shag dancing that's what i'm trying to think of okay. west coast swing there's a whole bunch of all do you do any of those no you just no land. you know i went to go take some ballroom <laughs> dance classes and then um somebody had mentioned bachata and i didn't even know what it was so i went out and surprisingly in charlotte we have a pretty big latin community um that goes out and dances at night and it's fantastic like so here I am in the data part of my brain all day. I have to feed my soul too. So it helps me get out of my brain and back into my body and stay creative so that we can think abstractly. So you mentioned mountain biking earlier. You go you go biking around I here? I love mountain biking. You go Crowder's Mountain? Cra- uh, Crowder's is okay, but no, uh, Whitewater Center. Okay. I don't, I, so I live in a high rise, so it's not like conducive to storage. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I can only have one bike, so I have a city bike. Um, so I have to rent a mountain bike. But, yeah. You salsa dance five nights a week? Um, where, where is this? Oh, goodness. Um, all over Charlotte. So Tuesdays and Thursdays is that in the music factory at La Revolucion. That's as good as I can do for a Spanish accent because I'm actually Italian-Irish from New York. Italian-Irish. <laughs> yeah, Martha. Italian-Irish. It's Irish. Um, Saturday nights is at the New Cantina, 1511 in Uptown. And then Wednesday nights, oh, tonight is at um, Moorhead Tavern. So there's a little bit of everything all over the place. It's pretty awesome. And then we have socials like every, pretty much like once a week. How does one, I guess practice, but you don't want to go to these 
places and not be any good? How would how does one say Chris? He told me before the podcast he wants to become a great Latin dancer. Oh yeah, well, I've what, been on YouTube it. studying, and then when I get YouTube. good, I'm gonna you practice. So you it. you practice in your bedroom, <laughs> yeah. and then you're ready to go out, and so you don't embarrass yourself. Every yeah. one of those nights has a free class beforehand. Every one of them. Oh, and this this Friday is a special at the Mint Museum. They. They give uh, part of the museum to a Latin band, and we have Latin dancers. Really, really classy place. But everyone has like a free lesson beforehand, and it's so fun. It'll take more than one lesson for me. <laughs> I storm. Somebody tried to teach me to dance one time. I stormed off. Mm-hmm. I literally stormed off. Oh my god! Yeah, it was mom. Yes. So I try not to say mom on the freaking podcast. I want people to know mom. So she, she wanted to dance with you at your own wedding. And you got so up. You are despicable. I did. That did happen. And then, it, like, if you see that we did a wedding video, if you see the video of me dancing with my mom, you, you would know awful. that I didn't dance. Yeah, yeah it's it terrible. Oh, my goodness. So when I got married, I took lessons with her. I made Aww. her feel special. It's, you know, as the favorite, you do stuff like that. Yes. Are you the favorite, though? <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't, we just, you know, we, I made it up to her. Um, all right. It. So, next move pro. Let's dive into it just a little bit. Yeah. How does it work? I mean, what do you what do you need to put in there every day, and how does it track everything? Great question. So, when you're in any in any sales business, but even as an agent, when you're um, first starting out, the first thing you're going to want to do is add leads because you're not going to have any business yet. So, when you add leads, the point of a lead is to convert them over to an appointment. Once you have an appointment, the the object of the appointment is to, the objective is to uh, sign an agency agreement with the client because you're doing the right thing by you and the client by having an agency agreement in place. Um, if the client doesn't have you as their agent, they're kind of just floating. So a lot of agents are afraid to ask for an agency agreement in the beginning, uh, especially for buyers. Listings, not so much, but for buyers. So once you have that agency agreement in place, then the next goal is to get um, them landed on a house and go on the contract. So those are kind of the four stages that we work through in the sales funnel. When you're kind of full in the sales funnel, um, then what you would want to do, the first thing you'd want to do is look at the sales graph. And the sales graph is going to show you that, I call it the health line of your business, because you can see how many um, clients you have under contract, an agency agreement, how many appointments you have, how many leads you have. And the power behind this is now you can actually know what to work on in that particular day. So what I mean by that is a lot of agents are like, lead gen, lead gen, lead gen, I'm just gonna keep lead generating. But if you're lead generating and not converting, it's as good as not doing anything. So you see these agents and we see them in their office, in the office that are just kind of floating around and they have no business and they're like, you've been here for three years <laughs> and you have no clients yet. Like, how is that possible? It's because they just keep doing activities that keep them mm. busy, but it's not turning into revenue. And remember, if you don't have revenue, you're not going to have a business soon. So then you can't help anybody. So we open the sales graph, we look at the sales graph and we say, we're in my business do I need to concentrate and we always want to focus on our contracts first because it's the closest thing we have to a paycheck once you get paid now you can stay in business to help everybody else so under contracts first then agency agreements because that's your next category and then appointments and leads 
So when you look at it from that way, what you end up doing is you balance the paycheck because when you're hitting all your goals, the goals being met means that you're closing contract after contract after contract evenly over the course of time. So it's a, it's a really beautiful thing when you can kind of um, not hit this roller coaster of I have five closings and then none. And then yeah. I, two months later, I got t- six closings <laughs> and then nothing. And it's hard. It's hard to balance that. But that's why my all, especially in this business. I mean, you you can have two hundred contract and or two hundred contract and nothing else in the pipeline. One of those goes. One of those deals falls through. Both of them fall through. What are you gonna do? You're done. Yeah. So this is the beauty of okay. So now you have the sales the sales funnel. You have the goals that tie into telling you exactly how many contracts you need, how many agency agreements you need to keep your funds coming in. And then the last part we take care of is um, each one of those contact cards. Remember how I told you I had all the pieces of paper? We turn them into little cards. So the super cool thing is if you click on a card, it opens it up and it gives you all the details that you need to know in the, in the transaction. Well, the cool part is, is we have task lists. And if you list a property, it's 25 to 30 tasks just for the listing. If you put it under contract, now there's 25 to 30 more tasks. So it's 50 tasks for that one client. You can remember one. You can almost remember two, but when you get to three clients, Mm -hmm. the details fly. And so now it's like my clients at towards the end of before I came like out of agency, my clients were the happiest I've ever had them. When I was in real estate full-time, now I was only doing agency 30% of the time, so I had testing sites, it was really cool. But um, my clients were the happiest because I was always on top of that. I was always proactive, never reactive. Mm -hmm. So the power behind that was so awesome because now I get referrals from them. Now I get um, rave reviews from them. I mean, that means more to me because I'm getting to one, make my clients super happy, but two is now they experienced an awesome transaction versus, you know, sometimes we hear that people have had a really rough transaction or sometimes the lender, you know, balancing the lender and the closing and Mm -hmm. that can get all messy and it ruins the whole experience for people. So the beauty behind it is we automate everything that we can so that the agent can actually do what they're supposed to do with the client and have that connection. So it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it sounds incredible. How long is, the, it was 2012, 2013? When did you start this? So it was 2015 when I 15. came back. Okay. It was uh, just shortly after that we started building it and we just started rolling it out pre-launch about in November. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah. So it's been How's the response been so far? Oh, goodness. It's like a dream come true. You know, it's like everybody who's been in the system is like, this is life-changing. Because it's not just about the revenue. It's the brain space you're freeing up. Like, having all those tasks on your mind, especially when you get to four clients, and I'm not even talking about under contract. I'm talking about you can have two under contract and two agency agreements, and your brain is fried. It's just fried. So you get the freedom back from the tasks and then you know when to go. So remember in the trifecta, how I was saying you get to go home at the end of the day. You could be working in real estate and supposed to be in real estate, but not be the most ideal detail transaction manager, right? So 
it distracts you from actually being or feeling like you're in your skill set because there's a task that a real estate agent does that's not in your in alignment with you. Like, and I picked that one because that's me. Like, listen, I love negotiation. I am not the best at managing details. <laughs> so I can hire a transaction coordinator, but now I know when I get to four active clients or or um, four two under contract two agency agreements, right? So four active clients. I need a transaction coordinator. I can't do it on my own. So I've learned that limitation for myself, which gives me so much power because I don't have to worry about it. I get to three, I'm like, oh, next one, transaction coordinator and everyone after that. So I get to 10 transactions and guess what? The transaction coordinator's got the whole thing. Mm. So that's the beauty and power of knowing how your business is running. Systemizing and scaling. Yeah. yeah. So I actually go home at night and I don't have this thing where I used to go home and be like, Oh shoot! Did I call the attorney back? Like that's I didn't order that home inspection. <laughs> Due diligence is tomorrow. <laughs> Repair request. Oh god. <laughs> Let me check the contract. When's it due? Oh, it was due yesterday. <laughs> so that's the that's the key is the freedom that it allows in addition to it. So Wonderful. yeah. How are you going about spreading the word of this thing now that this is your baby and? I know. You're going to help so many people. What are you doing as a business owner to get this out there in front of people? Oh, that's such a great question. So we have two different um, avenues that we're going down. One is direct sales, which I am on the road talking about, Next Move Pro, doing different presentations. Um, and this is what's so fulfilling for me is I get to now stay in real estate, stay connected to real estate, but still stay connected to my superpower. Mm. So the more... I get to be out there, um, the more fantastic this is. So I think we're heading to um, all of the major, like um, Keller Williams Family Reunion, Remaxes, uh, R4 convention, like all the major conventions, the NAR coming up in September. Like we basically have months and months booked out of conventions. Um, but on the other side is the internet side, which is super cool. Um, so now we're handling that piece through websites, social media, um, and the neat part is is that the people who are already subscribed with us are loving it and just kind of, it's just kind of organically growing like crazy. Um, but the nice, the nice part is is that it's a learning curve. I mean, with any business, the faster you can get the messaging out and the clearer you can get the messaging out, um, we're not selling widgets. So it's not like when I say uh, sales funnel, People stare at me blankly like, what is that? And the reason why is because there's never been anything like it in real estate. So I wanted to take something before that was hard for agents to figure out and give them a simple system that says, here's a system that you can use that keeps you doing what you're awesome at and takes all this pressure off of you. So that's the cool part about learning the messaging now is how do we get that across to agents, how much freedom they have and how great they're taking care of their business. So it's exciting. It's really, really exciting. And what, are some <laughs> of, what are some of the differences and benefits of using Next Move Pro versus using like a traditional quote unquote CRM or uh, other task manager type of systems that are already out there? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So CRMs are basically meant to nurture leads. 
they're not really built for you to manage your business. So the difference would be um, a CRM, and this is necessary. Like I'm talking about lead to close, but there's a whole section of how do we get those leads? Where do we find them? That's a whole nother story. And I'm kind of glazing over. It's a big piece of the work. It's 25% of, of the work is lead generation in the aspect of the four stages of the sales funnel. Um, lead generation and CRMs are important to get people to a hot lead stage. So we talk about cold leads, people who are just kind of out there and could potentially one day need real estate. Warm leads are somebody who's maybe getting ready to or has mentioned that they're interested. And then you have the hot lead that they're they're almost there. Like they're, you wanna keep your eyes on them and you wanna keep them in front of you so that you don't lose touch with them at a critical stage of them making a decision. So CRMs are really important. Um, I love CRMs, I love um, listening to agents and the different ways that they lead generate. I've noticed that a lot of agents have one specific way they like to generate and then they hate all the rest and they feel that they have to do the rest. So I almost feel like as we go around, we're like setting people free by saying, hey, listen, if you hate open houses as much as I do, you don't have to do them. Like go be free and go door knocking if that makes you happy. Like that's, I'm talking about me when I was an agent Open houses made me want to die. You prefer door knocking over open houses? <laughs> I would houses? door knock all day Ugh. and night over open houses. Over open houses. Mm-hmm. Sam, we're opposite. <laughs> bula, bula. Bula, bula, bula. Bula, bula, bula. No, bula, bula, bula. No, bula, bula, bula. That's funny. So wonderful, man. What, ex- what, a, what an exciting journey for you. I'm, ha- I'm really happy to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Be interesting to see how it plays out. It sounds like it's an awesome product. Brian, we signed up, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So what do we get? 14 free days and then yeah. we'll decide uh, if it's worth it. <laughs> I'm just He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, test drive it. See if see how it feels to you because it's not going to speak to everybody. You know, that system um, sometimes can feel constraining. But for most agents, we're going to look at it from the standpoint of they've never even looked at their business before. Yeah. So some agents want to stick their head in the sand and not pretend like they don't want to know what's going on because they don't really want to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, your neck hurt? Yeah, yeah. My neck, my neck hurts a little bit. All right, Suzanne. We'll take... Um... Just the last minute, we got to kind of wrap up, but just remind everybody who you are, what you do, and how people can get in touch with you. I am Suzanne Murtha with Nextmove Pro. We are a sales management software system that helps real estate agents manage their sales goals and tasks for peak revenue and awesome raving fans. She has that down. Wow. (laughs) That's great. That's the best closing line we've ever gotten. That's good. That's good. Thank you. I wish I could say I practiced that, but I didn't. <laughs> That's even more impressive. All right. How do they get in touch with you? Uh, you can find us at nextmovepro.com or um, on Facebook. We're also nextmovepro and Instagram. And we just started Twittering. So okay. tweeting, started tweeting, Twittering. tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. Just this, start Twittering. This is a new okay. Twittering. All right. I got some practice to do. <laughs> I got a little bit of If only you knew somebody who could do tweet. social media yeah. marketing. If only if I only. knew. <laughs> All right, Suzanne. Well, thank you for coming thank on the show. So it's a pleasure much. to have you. So awesome. Thank you, guys.
Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone Podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.